Welcome to your Active Stack Brief podcast. My name is Luca Bertuzzi, your technology editor. This week we take a look at the metaverse and at how the EU policymakers' thinking has been evolving in this area. For an overview on all things technology in the EU, sign up to our free newsletter or visit the website youractive.com. This is your Active Stack Brief podcast. This episode is powered by Google. If you missed our Fighting Misinformation Online conference, held on October 26th, where we heard from experts across the misinformation landscape, including Vice President Yoruva, Nobel Prize laureate Maria Ressa, and Google's Global Head of Trust and Safety, Laurie Richardson. You can catch up on the summit on our YouTube playlist linked in the newsletter. Today, I'm joined by Anson Kusters, Head of Division at the Center for European Policy, and Patrick Grady, Tech Lead at Fortold. Hello, both. Hi, thanks for having me. Hi, Luca. Good to be here. And thank you for being here. Um, so, Patrick, I'd like to start with you. You have, uh, you have been one of the consultants, more uh, the most active in, in the metaverse space. You have launched your own site project, newsletter, uh, website on Metaverse EU. Uh, and we have seen a lot of uh, initiatives coming out of EU institutions in recent months, uh, the communication from the Commission in July, uh, any reports from the Parliament uh, this week. Can you give us an overview on what is going on in Brussels and what is the overall thinking of EU policymakers around the metaverse? Sure. Thanks, Luca. Well, as you indicate, yes, there is. A, it seems like there's a lot going on. Um, let's start by acknowledging one feature which all of the initiatives seem to have in common, and that is the desire to try and make sense of these emerging technologies. Uh, but also, you'll see the same theme where there's an acknowledgement of that the, na- the sector is really quite nascent. You know, these are not products that EU citizens are using daily, or many will even be familiar with. I think the Commission's approach is a bit broader. Uh, you know, unsurprising given the topic, they are really scoping out many different use cases, pointing to many different risks, and outlining really every relevant regulation under the sun that could be relevant for the topic. Uh, Parliament, obviously the committees have the privilege of a more refined uh, remit. So you have IMCO focusing on key areas for the single market, European sovereignty, accessibility to this technology, consumer protection issues, and uh, one of the nice to see ones was sustainability as it relates to virtual worlds. Um, The Legal Affairs Committee also doing a report on this, headed by Axel Voss and de Blanco. People in the bubble know these are quite (laughs) heavy hitters in digital policy, very influential on the AI Act. And uh, that report is going to focus on things like data protection, legal issues across private, international and civil law. So, yeah, the, the biggest differences there are, are the, the remits, um, obviously the commission being a bit more broad. On terminology, this is kind of interesting because uh, there's been a bit of divergence already. So we see the commission introducing this terminology around Web, around web 4.0 and uh, Parliament is a bit split here. So we have IMCO committee um, embracing this terminology. The rapporteur is especially enthusiastic. Uh, while Yuri are, you know, completely admitting, uh, admitting this uh, this word Web 4.0, kind of informally saying it's unsuitable, which might be uh, unsurprising considering it's the Legal Affairs Committee. So, yeah, that's a bit of an overview. Actually, building on what you just said on the terminology, isn't it quite funny that we are 
trying to build like interoperability uh, in the metaverse and we cannot even agree on the same on the same language it, it does sound quite odd now I understand that uh, the commission does not want to align too much with uh, perhaps the PR uh, that we hear from meta but where does that leave us in terms of you know having a common understanding yeah well there's there's kind of two schools of of thought here um, you know it's quite clear why the EU want to to be seen to be doing something a bit different uh, for PR reasons, but also maybe to disassociate from some of the uh, initiatives from the private sector that they've seen. Um, I was at a conference last week and, and one of the commission officials said, look, it doesn't matter what we call it because we all know what we're talking about. So you know that, that's one way to go about it. But as you say, it, it also contradicts the goal of an open and interoperable virtual world, which is a phrasing you'll, you'll see throughout all of these initiatives. And you're right, you know, how it'll be, it just makes it a little bit more difficult to work with uh, the private sector who are embracing different terminology and also other, other governments. You know, you have uh, the Finnish metaverse strategy out next month. You have Japan and South Korea working on metaverse strategies. Um, you have international organizations like the World Economic Forum and um, and standards bodies like ITU using different terminologies. So uh, it, it might be, you know, presenting kind of different hurdles uh, that are a bit unnecessary at this moment in time. Yeah, and speaking of strategies, uh, Anson, you have recently published an analysis on the commission strategy that we have seen in the summer. What were your main findings? Exactly. So this was a study by the Center for European Policy uh, in which I analyzed together with my colleagues, Matthias Kullers and Patrick Stockebrand, the Commission's communication, but also the related staff working documents and the consultations. As Patrick has said, there's a lot been going on. This was long in the making, the strategy. And I think in general, we welcome the Commission's early action in this area because we see that in the moment, Europe's metaverse ecosystem, if we can call it like that, is, is unable to keep up with, with global competition in several respects. So just for instance, in, in the area of uh, technologies such as low latency, high bandwidth, 5G and 6G networks, there is a lot still to be done if we can believe the EU's own reports, which assess the progress towards the digital decade connectivity targets. Um, so if we do not catch, catch up in, in these areas, there might be a risk that, that Europe is left behind. So I think in that respect, we welcome the strategy. However, there are also certain points of, of criticism that we have. And the most important one is just referring to what Patrick described, the frequent use of non-standardized and ambiguous terms that we find in many of these documents that includes Web 4.0 or virtual worlds. And we think indeed that it might lead to misunderstandings. So from my perspective as a researcher, it's really difficult to avoid the term metaverse because if you do your literature review, you will see that almost all the important literature uses that term and not web 4.0 or virtual words. So I think this is not just a case of semantics, but it's really about the strategy. If we want to have a truly universal metaverse based on global standards. Um, and apart from that, uh, there are also several other things that we highlight in our report. For instance, that it might not be sufficient uh, what the commission is planning to do to attract a sufficient talent pool of, of metaverse specialists to improve digital literacy, which is still quite low if you look at the overall figures. 
And then finally, as Patrick also alluded to, it's a really wide field and you can see that in the strategy. They point to several different things, but there's no red thread connecting it all. And that's really the essence of a strategy that you have a red thread and one common goal so that you can prioritize. And I think that is missing in the moment. Right, thanks, Anselm. Um, turning back to you, uh, Patrick, we have seen that all the attention toward the metaverse somewhat uh, lost momentum, especially since last year with the rise of ChatGPT and generative AI more generally. Uh, it, it might be my impression, but from what I can see, investors have been punishing companies investing in the metaverse like Meta and rewarding those investing in AI to the point that now we see all big tech companies are are moving into this space. Do you think that the metaverse is that even before it started, or am I being a little too pessimistic here? <laughs> well, yeah, I think it was actually um, several months ago now there was that famous piece, uh, the metaverse is dead. Look, I completely agree with the, sen- the sentiments. If you take uh, Google search terms as a heuristic for the momentum of this topic, Perhaps no tech trend has ever seen such a sharp rise and then drop in interest as the metaverse. You know, not not even 3D printing, crypto, blockchain, Internet of Things, and you know, even ChatGPT has had a little bit of a drop, but you, you won't see anything like you've seen for the metaverse. And as you say, you know, we've seen companies shift their language on earnings calls away from the metaverse and towards AI. Um, but that said, you know, away from the gaze of mainstream attention, the ecosystem, the metaverse ecosystem has quietly gone about its business and appears not to have lost momentum. You know, I'm a bit biased because I've been at a few of these conferences in the last in the last uh, couple of weeks where I'm looking at the latest technology. But I mean, since the peak just two years ago, the state of the arts has fundamentally changed. Uh, I think this is really important. I mean, if you consider something like virtual reality headsets in the last two years, again, post hype. Uh, headsets have become considerably cheaper, lighter, wireless, that they boast high definition now, and almost all of them feature pass-through or something called mixed reality. Um, and we're also seeing use cases, importantly, beyond sheer gaming. So the technology has advanced. Um, we're also seeing more interest than ever from policymakers at EU and international fora. I think I mentioned Finland, but there are many others around the world that are developing strategies around this topic. And I suppose I take two issues with... Um, some of the framing, and look, I completely understand uh, for the points you the points you raised. But on the flip side, there are companies that are you know the biggest proponents of the metaverse and using that terminology. The likes of Meta, Qualcomm, Nvidia, just to name three, uh, they're doing better than ever. So, you know, how, however they choose to maybe appease investors in the short term, I think it's their their longer term vision that will count. And just one more point on AI, because this is this is definitely the narrative that we we see now: AI versus the metaverse. I think this is a bit misguided. Like these two, these two technologies are not um, are not substitutionary; they're complementary. So you know, earnings call, calls aside, this doesn't really reflect the reality. I would encourage you to look at the um, the recent Meta Connect event where you have Mark Zuckerberg presenting the Ray Ban glasses, and he sort of addresses this implicitly. He says, "Look, we weren't really expecting these glasses to be you know a metaverse product anytime soon." It's actually because of the recent advances in AI, computer vision, um, smarter assistants, and of course, generative AI that will actually aid this product. And it provided the jump that was needed. Um, it was brought about, you know, not instead of generative AI, it was brought about you know, because of it. Um, so I think it's important that we make that point clear. Thanks, Patrick. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't mean to say that uh, these technologies are, are mutually exclusive. It's just that, you know, the whole rebranding of Meta 
somewhat implied that they went all in on the metaverse, uh, whereas now there is a lot more focus on, on AI than there was before. Um, uh, Anselm, can we expect this level of attention that Patrick was mentioning now to stay at the EU level and maybe also at the national level with uh, large member states like Germany um, in the coming years, in particular in the next uh, in the next EU mandate? And is this regulatory attention even a positive thing for a sector that is such an early stage? Well, like Patrick, I must admit that, of course, in the moment, the attention has significantly shifted to AI, um, which is going through its own hype cycle uh, in the media. And of course, for a politician, it becomes uh, then attractive to argue about AI rules instead of metaverse standards. However, um, despite this hype cycle, I think that it's quite probable that the attention from EU policymakers towards the metaverse will persist or even increase in the next mandate. On a, on a very basic level, this is just a, a technical necessity because as Patrick mentioned, the technology keeps on moving and developing no matter if you look at it or not. Um, so it, it's strategic, strategically wise for the EU to continue focusing on these areas. And I think there are two more reasons. Uh, first, we already see that the EU is showing commitment to shaping the international governance of the metaverse. For instance, if you look at the recent participation in the Internet Governance Forum, where they organized an important panel. And also secondly, to me, it's clear that certain parts at least of the EU Commission seem to be aware of the high risks of not being proactive when it comes to setting the standards, so not getting a first mover advantage. Um, even figures like uh, Thierry Breton, who wrote uh, very early on an influential LinkedIn post about this topic, um, um, and, and seems to be afraid of losing here. I think these are figures that will remain important in the next year, so I think uh, on that, in that sense, there will still be attention. And then turning to your second question, is this attention good? Um, I mean, I think there, there are both pros and cons. In our analysis, in our study, we argue that in the moment, it's still difficult to predict whether novel legal problems will, will emerge to, to a large extent, and that therefore the EU should concentrate first on enforcing existing rules for the digital economy before introducing new legislation in form of a metaverse act. Um, clearly, I, I have heard many concerns from the industry that, that too much regular attention in the next months or years could stifle innovation in Europe. However, um, having said that, I think a certain level of attention from EU policymakers could also be positive for the sector. So. Most importantly, through this early involvement, we can ensure that the development of the technical standards will align with certain interests that, that we have, not only the, the European values that are always listed in the documents, but also uh, more strongly worded the European interest in, in accessibility and competitiveness. And then also in addition, I think increased attention might be useful in the sense that it might, fa that it might facilitate um, align technological developments like the infrastructure that I mentioned earlier, the 5G and 6G networks, where we, where we really need to catch up. And in that sense, a little bit of attention would be good. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm actually a little bit disappointed. I was hoping to to disagree with Alsom today, Anselm today, but um, unfortunately, I completely agree. Look, if you look at the Commission's um, strategy, there are 10 actions that are outlined and these are all set to, to, to spill over into, into next year and be wrapped up by next summer. But it, it's really just a start, I think. 
one of the actions, for example, is to engage with international uh, governance institutions and even support the development to reflect uh, what Anselm was saying um, of a technical multi-stakeholder forum to work on standards. So that is work that we, we expect to continue. If you look at what the parliament is doing, uh, the IMCO committee called on, on the commission to publish regular fitness checks. Um, so again, that's kind of work now that could, could start now and begin for the next few years. Uh, while the, the legal affairs committee actually pointed to emerging regulatory gaps. So you expect that work to be followed up um, in the near term. So just before we conclude, a uh, question for both of you. Uh, in recent years, the European Union has been quite assertive in mandating uh, technical standards uh, under EU law uh, in cases where the private sector did not manage to find uh, common technical standards. Do you think we will get to the point where uh, the EU regulators will need to step in uh, and mandate harmonized standards for the metaverse? Or are, are we confident that the private sector will somehow uh, manage to reach an interoperable metaverse? Anson, would you like to start? Sure. I hope we don't arrive at such a scenario where the EU has to unilaterally set the standards, because I think there's much progress already being done in private organizations and initiatives with respect to the really nitty-gritty technical standards that we need for an interoperable metaverse. Um, and in that respect, I think it's in the EU's best interest not to try to impose certain standards that uh, reflect European values to such an extent that we exclude a large part of the world. Because if the metaverse is really the next iteration of the internet, then it's in the EU's best interest to have it as open and accessible as, as possible. So if this fails, I think we should at least try to strengthen the transatlantic cooperation. Um, with respect to standards, and here a, a prime avenue for doing that would be the TTC, which has invested a lot of time already in formulating common concepts with respect to AI. And the TTC has working groups related to standards and emerging technologies. So for me, it would make sense to use this forum also for fostering a transatlantic language with respect to the metaverse and virtual worlds that could then be translated into the technical standards. Anything to add, Patrick? No, I completely agree. Uh, we need to leave the door open to towards what is going on at the international level. Perhaps the most obvious example is the, the work at the Metaverse Standards Forum. Um, it's also important when we're talking about interoperability um, in these initiatives, we need to be clear about what we mean. Uh, do we mean technical interoperability, you know, like things like cross-play engines or file types, or do we mean like societal or social interoperability, things like semantics and, and governance? Um, I think that's kind of key because then we can evaluate the, the benefits and, uh, of different interoperability initiatives. Patrick Reddy is tech lead at Fortal and author of Metaverse EU. Ansem Kuster is head of division at the Center for European Policy. Thank you both. Thanks. Thank you, Luca. Pleasure. That's all we got time for this week. Don't forget to sign up to our free Tech Brief newsletter to stay on top of tech news and digital policy developments in the EU and beyond. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast published on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. This episode was produced with the technical help of Evi Chiorli. I'm your Luca Bertuzzi, and thank you for listening. <laughs>